Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey, everybody. Chad Madden here with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And today we have a very special guest, uh, one of my favorite people ever to talk with, uh, let alone practice owners. But uh, our guest today is Bill Whiteford. Bill uh, is joining us from his home in Virginia. And uh, Bill is, uh, I believe, a four decade uh, experience, four decades of experience in private practice. Uh, Quite a story. Always gold nuggets that come out of our conversation. So welcome to the call here, Bill. Yeah, thank you. Great. So, uh, Bill, you have a a pretty... uh, Big list of diverse interests. I know we're going to get into piloting airplanes and some other stuff that you do, <laughs> but uh, how'd you get started in uh, physical therapy and ultimately open up your own private practice? Well, I've been in practice uh, 45 years. It's amazing when I say that word. And um, I actually got into physical therapy. I was a biology major and uh, I got drafted by good old Uncle Sam to go to Vietnam. <laughs> And it, it wasn't a problem. We, I knew at that point in time, I, my class was the last one that got drafted. And um, I'd already had my pilot certificate. You talked about flying airplanes. And so, uh, you know, I went in. Uh, you could choose a, um, to put off your, your duty. Uh, and so we knew that the Vietnam War at that point in time, you know, back in the late 60s was, was not not a, a very good thing. They're never a good thing, but I figured if I could, if I could be in the air, I'd be a lot safer. And so I, I joined Air Force ROTC and um, actually had a contract that um, told me that I was going to be a flyboy, if you will. And, uh, you know, during all of that time, you know, it was pretty hard. I'm, you know, I enjoyed biology, um, but I, I really wanted to fly, and uh, basically, when it came time for me to get out of school, um, or during that period of time, NOM was calming down. They didn't need pilots. I had to figure out what I was going to do, and so I literally looked. You know, I thought about being a. Uh, I lived on the East Coast in North Carolina, so I've really enjoyed uh, coastal marine science, and really uh, was tampering with marine biology. But you had to be a had to be on the boat with Jacques Cousteau if you're going to have a living. And, you know, that wasn't going to happen. And so um, I literally started looking through a course catalog and picked out a um, profession that did not require a foreign language. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, and, and, and I'm like, what, you know, physical therapy, what is that? Because nobody knew what it was 45 years ago. And I went, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. And uh, it it just absolutely was the mark. I mean, I've I've never turned back since. Been very fortunate to do what I do. That's great. So eventually, you, you and I believe your wife was involved in the beginning as well, right? You opened Correct. up uh, Appalachian Physical Therapy. So how did that come to be? Yeah, we um, you know, like everybody else, I went and, and worked in a hospital. Actually, I had to talk a county hospital into hiring me as their first physical therapist. They had no idea what a physical therapist was and uh, worked with them, started working with larger hospitals. And then in 1985, joined a 
up with three other people uh, for private practice. And at that point in time, we had a couple of offices. We did some home health you know, work and skilled nursing facilities, working with schools. We had about six or seven physical therapists that started with us. And in a year, we had 40 PTs working for us in North Carolina. And it was just, um, you talk about growth. It was just, it was, it was great, but it was terrible. And I would, uh, you know, we were going to, we were going to rotate through. I was the guy that would, could go out and set up the practices and, and, um, you know, meet with everybody. One of the other PTs, the main ones was, had been a um, college uh, professor at uh, PT school. So had all the contacts and the other one was more of a business person. And we were going to kind of rotate through so we could cross train everybody. Well, we just, it just didn't work that way. And I actually bought a house in April of that year. And between April and November spent two nights in it. And uh, I would come through and wash clothes and whatever, but oh my gosh. So I, it was, it was, it was tough. And I just finally decided, Hey, you know what? This is killing me. We, we had a, I was in North Carolina at the time and we had a, uh, I opened up a practice in Southwest Virginia and uh, I knew that I was going to need to have another physical therapist had, had met my wife at a Stanley Paris course. And, um, you know, basically at that point in time said, Hey, let's, let's do this. And, uh, these guys bought me out and the rest is history and never looked back. Nice. So, and you said you met your wife at a Stanley Paris course. I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huge fan, uh, with the manual therapy background. So you, you opened up and, uh, that was in the late eighties, early nineties. That was, uh, 86. Okay. So mid eighties. Awesome. Uh, and that, that was Appalachian PT. That was Appalachian physical therapy. Yep. Great. Um, I like your pronunciation a lot better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Appalachian. Got it. Um, and I know um, right now you, you have a couple partners and I want to ask you about that because you, you've mentioned legacy in the past. Um, but before we get into that, are there any other big lessons that you learned uh, in, with that first, uh, with the North Carolina experience in, in private practice? Because that growth is... <laughs> Very, very rapid growth. And I know infrastructure usually breaks down. Oh, it was just phenomenal. It's all about communication and trying to handle it and finding PTs. And, um, you know, basically what ended up happening to that to that company, uh, they, they continued to to be able to meet a a marginal need of all of those people. And they, you know, today that company no longer exists. And there's, you know, the uh, and it probably went on for a little while, but it, it just got down. Nobody wanted to work that hard. Nobody could work that hard. That's, I mean, it was just killing us. And so they probably went back down to maybe, um, I'm going to say maybe eight or 10 PTs or whatever and carried those contracts for a while. And then I've kind of lost contact with, with them. And so I don't know what they're doing today. Fair enough. So you and your wife um, open up the, the new clinic in, uh, you said Southern Virginia, right? Southwest Virginia. Southwest Virginia. And it was at Harrisonburg, the first office? No, that was actually in a little place called Pennington Gap, Virginia. It's in the very uh, Western County of Virginia. It's very um, depressed. 
I mean, it, it really is. But the people there, you know, it, it, it was all about people. We actually had people bringing us hams and chickens to pay for their treatment. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be great if we could live like that, but that doesn't last long in a bank vault. The bank doesn't appreciate that if we were really going to invest in that area monetarily and, and with any kind of real estate or offices that we probably would never, would never get our value back out of that. And so we basically started looking at that point in time to stay in into Virginia, to, to be able to find something that was, that gave us the same amenities being close to a large city within a couple of hours, you know, with a university where we could continue our education, be in the mountains, not too far from the, from the coast. And then uh, kind of between our, my wife's from the Detroit area, God bless her. And then uh, I'm from North Carolina. So, you know, looking for all those amenities. And we actually went up to uh, Harrisburg and all the way up in the Pennsylvania, all the way down to Georgia, staying in the Appalachian chain, looking for places to um, open up a practice. And so we actually you know, opened our practice in Southwest Virginia. And then we opened again a year later, starting all over again in a place where absolutely nobody knew us. What Pretty, was that like? Oh, that was... You know, I mean, you, you have to do a lot of homework and and you have to be smart enough or dumb enough to to figure out that uh, quitting is not in your vocabulary. And it's, it, you know, at that point in time, it's all about perseverance. And I can remember I can remember when we finally got our first reimbursement. You know, we didn't have, we just started with computers back in 1985, 86. And, and we went with a computer billing program and all this stuff. Um, and I can remember getting our first reimbursement from an insurance company. Uh, it was like $44 and 10 cents. And we were high-fiving everybody, dosidoing, And we were like, yeah, this is absolutely great, whatever. But the, the cool part about it was, is we figured it out. We, we had the, the guts to persevere and be able to figure out and know how to do this. And it was like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to wade through this. That's great. So um, 86, Southwest Virginia, you open, you moved the clinic about a year later. We moved it to, we, in 1987, we moved here to Harrisonburg, Virginia, and then we've been here ever since. Great. And so update to today, you have about uh, four locations, I, I think. We exactly four. We've had, we've, we've had as many as six. We sold a couple of those. We've had some people that wanted to, for them to help us go into private practice. And we did that. Um, with a couple of them, uh, you know, in that process, we've had people that have, you know, come in like every entity has and then spin out and open up their own place. And then we figure out, okay, we need some, some ways to be able to handle that so that we don't keep putting people in private practices without having them, you know, be a part of us. And um, so now we have four, we have one in Harrisonburg, we have one in Broadway, Virginia, which is about 15 miles north of uh, Harrisonburg. We just opened one up in Strasburg, Virginia, which is about 25 or 30 miles north of uh, Broadway, up near uh, Winchester. And then we have one in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Great. And what? how far away is Pinehurst? Pinehurst is an hour flight or oh. a uh, 
five hour drive. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a pretty big gap and a a, a neat story. Um, and you get to fly there, right? Which oh, yeah. is even more convenient. Absolutely. Great. Um, with, so having, uh, and I think it's Jonathan and Adam are the partners and is Ray. John and Adam. John is the, is a partner in Pinehurst. Adam uh, uh, has bought into the Harrisonburg and Broadway office. And Dave Brewster is uh, a part owner in our Schwarzberg office. Great. So as you reflect on your private practice career and you have uh, the partners coming along, and I, again, that I can't get away from that word legacy that uh, you talked about before. How do you think about that? Because I know many owners that are just like, hey, I'll take the, the lump sum cash payment and go sit under the mango tree. And that doesn't seem to be part of your vocabulary. At well, all. It, you know, I mean, when we met that first day, you know, I'm just like, uh, it doesn't take us far to look or long to look out in our healthcare system and see that it's not really headed in a very good way. And, uh, you know, uh, people, when they come into our practice, and I'm sure yours and other people that are really trying to make a difference, if they've been to other places that are that are run specifically by people that are, that are looking, I mean, don't get me wrong, you gotta have the bottom, bottom line, but that are focusing on the bottom line and, and not putting forth the effort to really do a, a great job. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out, hey, uh, there's a world of difference here. And um, so, I mean, this profession has been so good to me and it's been such a great fit uh, for my wife and I. We have a daughter who you know, is a physical therapist and is actually coming from uh, a, a corporate office in North Carolina and is joining us because she she sees the big difference. She she worked with us right out of school, but you know the grass is always greener. And uh, she's a great kid. And you know, working for your parents, I'm sure that have been in practice for 30 years is not always the easiest thing. And so she had to go out and figure it out. And we had to figure out how much we really needed her, and we worked it out. So she's starting in Pinehurst, but it's physical therapy. Uh, I have a belief, and, and you know that I believe strongly this way, that we are absolutely the best people in the medical field to be able to take care of a neuromusculoskeletal problem, hands down. And, and not in just the way that we were able to use our skills and work with people, but the problem solved, to help them, to empower them to, to take care of their problem. And, and the cost factor for us is so much less than what it is for health, for, for MRIs and all this stuff. It's terrible. And, and I'm all about empowering our patients to, to be involved in their own health care. And with that, I want to I be able to bring up my guys and gals, train them to, to be the best that they can do to carry that forth in a, in a great way. There's lots of ways to make money today, but you know what? I'm I'm one of the richest guys in the world. I sleep so good at night because I know that that I'm 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 trying to to treat people the way that I want to be treated, and I'm trying to put that forth with my guys. We've got people that work for us that have the the same idea, and I just want to help them be able to to do this bigger, better if they want to get bigger, but better 
and and not have as many pitfalls that that I've already had. Okay, great. So love, and I, I know just from talking with John and Adam here in Harrisburg and at a few events as well, they're on the same page. So uh, love your passion there. I, I can give you a couple updates. Um, since you and I first met, I know that I believe this year our national healthcare expenditure per person will go over twelve thousand dollars per year. That is an insurance. That is the cost of healthcare. And uh, it, it was funny just at lunch here uh, a few minutes ago. I was having lunch with two friends, and uh, the and they're both retired, going through orthopedic uh, issues, and they, you know, were talking shop with me. And the uh, Mary, we'll call her Mary, she said, "Hey, by the way, um, I saw." I was talking with one of your therapists and she actually recommended I talk with my podiatrist about getting an orthotic and here's why. And the other gentleman that was sitting there who just got done telling me about an orthopedic procedure he was gonna have that is about a $40,000 procedure said, don't do orthotics, they cost too much money. <laughs> and I said, you're talking like two or $300. It's, it's not even with us. We sent her back to the, the uh, podiatrist and I said, you know, how imbalanced are we? And we've been doing this for so long as a country where we opt for, you know, $114,000 spinal fusion versus $1,200 in PT. That doesn't, for the same outcome, it doesn't, yeah. for a better outcome, doesn't make sense. So I know you're passionate about that. The, the, my curiosity is uh, with your team, and you, you alluded to building a culture that believed in the vision, uh, believed in terms of, we call it flipping the pyramid, but uh, you know, correcting the sick healthcare system that is in place right now. How how did you find those on your leadership team and those that are within your company? What what is it you look for? Um, how did you do that? Yeah, they're very hard to find because because they've been indoctrinated their whole life of, uh, you know, I've got here make this amount of money. I got a, you know, I'm I'm now a a doctor of physical therapy and. Uh, you know, um, I just read a good book. I suggest it to you. I know you're a reader. There's a guy out there by the name of, um, he's a retired four-star admiral, William McRaven. And uh, he just wrote a book, his third book, it's called The Hero Code. And uh, he alludes to, he's a 36 or 37 year veteran. He's the guy that's been in charge of uh, the special forces SEAL teams all over the world. And he's a SEAL himself. And so it's, it's basically a, a uh, synopsis of the different attributes that you see in people that are the real world heroes. And it goes through humility and courage and perseverance and, and all of these guys. There's 10 of them. But if I could, if I could say uh, what I look for, uh, I'm looking for somebody. I always look for somebody who, who knows who they are. And, and has some purpose in their life, some faith, some realization that it's not all about them. And, 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 and very humble, intelligent, and someone who wants to make a difference. And, uh, and you, you give me those attributes for somebody, holy smokes, I can knock down any barrier in the world because they see that it's not about them. It's about the person that comes in that door. And, and, oh, by the way, we're not dislocating our shoulders by patting ourselves on the back. Yeah, you, you'll get accolades, but your accolades come from the people that you serve. 
and 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 not from yourself and um you know people that want to leave the world a better place we're all in we're all intelligent we wouldn't get through the school where we were but there's a select few of people out there that that really have the right mindset you get the wrong person in there they can be a great pt but if if they don't have that mindset you're just going to kill them by putting stuff on there it's not going to work and so adam came to us we noticed uh, my wife and i have been very active in uh you know our, our state and national associations i've been the past president for the virginia physical therapy association and i don't know 98 to 202 colleen's been you know, on the on the executive board as secretary and whatever several years, but we actually had a meeting at our one of our offices. I guess it was ten years ago or so, and Adam came as a student, dressed up in a tie and whatever. And I'm like, check this kid out. And um, you know, he was going to Liberty University, which was he was in their inaugural class, and um, you know, just kind of just kind of talked with Adam. Uh, a New York kid, God bless him. <laughs> but but really had those, you know, he had a hunger for learning and a hunger, a hunger to to be able to work and treat people. I'm just like, oh my gosh. And so we just kind of put our put our focus on him and he came to work with us right out of school. And uh, we nabbed him up and and Adam is a great clinician. You know, it's like anybody else. Uh is a learning process to be a leader, but you got to have those attributes to be able to mold them and form them. And uh, so Adam, you know, Adam definitely has, has the, the, uh, the vision of treating people and understanding why he's there. Um, John, John came to work with us. He's from my alma mater, uh, East Carolina and Greenville, North Carolina. And uh, John worked with us for a couple of years and, and then went to South Carolina to work with a couple of his, another a buddy of his that uh, was someone I think that graduated with him was a, but uh, got down there and found out a few things about his buddy that he didn't really like. And I got word, he's from the Pinehurst area. I got word that he was coming back to Pinehurst to, to set up a private practice. And uh, oh, by the way, he took my office manager with him when he left, so I lost two. They ended up getting married, and um, so they came back. And I heard they were coming back. I talked with John because I, I knew John's heart. He had worked with us, and I, I knew that he had a vision as well, like Adam. And uh, I just contacted him. I said, "John, why do you want to set up a private practice?" Well, I, I want to be in private practice. I want to help people. I said, "John, hello." I said, how much money do you think it's going to cost you to go in and set up a private practice? I said, uh, quarter million dollars, maybe. And I said, maybe. And I said, then that's no guarantee. I said, why don't you come and join us? And I, I said, you've already worked for us. You know our, you know our ideals. I said, I said, I already, I already know you. I already know that you're, you're the kind of person that I'm working with. Come and join our practice as an owner. And I said, spend the money with us in a practice that's already doing well. And that's what he did. And oh, and he brought my office manager back with him. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, you know, we had two people right there. And then um, Dave Brewster, who is in Strasburg, Dave was a student of ours. Um, oh my gosh, 25 years ago or so that 
that uh, you know we worked with from Shenandoah University and uh, so and, and Dave's been active in the association. We've known him for forever and we've gone back and forth and Dave has uh, been after me for years to to have him he wanted to open up a, a practice up where he lives and I went Dave I just I really do not want to do that and it's it's just um you know and and I, I mean I had enough to do I was really really busy but I also know if you're not growing you're dying and you you have to meet the need but it's got to be done in a good way and so finally you know even in even in a covid year we opened up last year I felt that we had enough ability to um, be able to push people towards us that Dave finally wore me down. It's scriptural. You know, you, you, you beat on your neighbor's door, your, your neighbor's door at nine o'clock at night, give me some bread. And it's like, go away. I'm my kids. Everybody's in bed. And Dave just finally kept banging on my door. And I'm like, okay, Dave, what do you want? And I've known Dave for a long time. And it's been a good, it's, you know, Dave's a good guy, same type of deal. He, and uh, so, you know, we opened up the practice in uh, October of last year. And so Dave is, you know, like a 49% owner in that business there. That's great. And I, I know he got off to a super fast start too, correct? He did. We, you know, you know, when we opened up our Harrisonburg office, probably five or six years, well, we moved, we changed locations. And, uh, but anyway, when, when we opened up the the area where we are now, it took a little while. We had a we had a little time in Harris. We moved one of our offices from Harrisonburg to Broadway, and then I mean not to Broadway, but to Bridgewater, and came back. But you know we have some expenses, obviously, and with uh, you know and and we had to have those, especially in a COVID year of marketing. You know, getting things out there, driving people in, and so he's at a point now where he's you know we've been open six or seven months where. He's right at a line of, of not quite breaking even, but almost. But he would have never been at. We would have never. In, in fact, I was just talking to to uh, Adam and uh, John the other day about this. I'm, most everybody else would have been folded by now, and and where we are with that opening. Even though Dave Dave worked up in that area, and you know, and this is where it comes, you know, Chad, with some of the stuff that you're talking about. You got to find the right person. It's not about putting anybody in there they can be a good person but you got to put somebody in there that 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 it that's with the culture up there that knows the people up there and he's been working up there for 20 years or more all of his life unfortunately he's been working with a a large corporation a large hospital setting and you know he was under the impression well all these docs are have known me for all this time when i get out they're going to send it to me i went nada it's not going to happen i don't care how good you are and and he was totally shocked. And I'm like, Dave, don't take it personally. I said, they know who butters their bread. And I said, it's not going to happen. And every every referral that we have gotten, or every person that's come in direct access, I should say, or whatever, has has been there because of our doing. And I, I would say in seven months, we've had less than a handful of people that have actually been sent to us by a physician. So you're you're doing the marketing. You brought marketing up there, and I have some questions for you about that, um, for sure. The other thing that I heard you say there, Bill, is uh, it's important to match not just the integrity, like uh, McRaven talks about, it, with the the ten characteristics 
and the heroes, the hero code, by the way, I'll get that book for sure. Um, love stuff like that. Uh, thanks for the recommendation. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you also have to match the person with the culture of the area. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, Absolutely. I, I agree with you. We, um, even in our own clinics that are only maybe 20 minute drive away, we, they're, they're just different cultures and we have to match that or uh, it, it doesn't go as well as it could. Correct. Sure. So um, I want to ask you about marketing. Uh, you, you talked about um, going direct, direct to the consumer. I'm guessing when you opened in 1986, 100% of your business coming through was physician referral. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we, we uh, you know, we did all the, the stupid stuff that you, that you did back then of going in and meeting with the physicians and bringing them lunch and, and, and doing all of this stuff. And, and back then, you know, physicians owned their own practices and, and uh, you know, I, I, think, I think a lot of them, and, and it's good, I, I'm not knocking them, but today it's a totally different world, but 90, 95% of what we got, 100% of what we got back then was, was from physicians. That's the only way we got them. Yeah, so about, uh, I, I think it's been nine, 10, maybe 11 years now, you started uh, marketing direct to the consumer. I know that you were working with Neil and his team uh, Neil Trickett and his team at Practice Promotions, doing some things there. When uh, when you started looking at marketing direct to the consumer, what made you do that? Well, I just I just got fed up of. I mean, I mean, I, I told you that um, you know I've, I've been active in our in our uh, association for years, and you know, just like with physical therapy, uh, I, I get I got. I, I was down at the uh, in Richmond and also up at our national capital because we're close to DC. Virginia is. I, I was uh, did so much lobbying when I was a president that in those two areas. I had to get a lobbyist license, and so I saw the good and the bad. You know, I would go into a state senator or, or federal senator or representative and just tell them the facts. This is why. This is why you really need to pay attention to this and. They would, they would not even hesitate. They said, did you see that guy that just walked out here before you? And I'm going, yeah, they belong to the ortho, you know, National Orthopedic Society or the National Chiropractic Society. They just gave me a $100,000 check. Oh and so my gosh. They would just come. And so if you're not even going to come up to the plate with that, there's just no reason for you even to talk to me about it. Wow. I can't, I can't tell you. How many times I've had this, and that's that's when I that's that's when you almost have a heart attack or a stroke because of, you know, it, it's just not right. It's totally not right. I mean, I don't even have to go there. And so, it's the same thing with physicians. It's the same thing with. It doesn't have to be that way, but I've had I've had physicians even in the last six months call my office from from Centera, who is a you know a, a large hospital corporation, and tell them that they're not going to support that patient if they come to me for physical therapy. Yeah. And I'm just like, and the per person comes to me and I'm going, and so tell me why you, you want to have this guy for your physician again? Is he really concerned about your health care? And, you know, some of these older folks are like, ah, they get hung in the middle. And so, you know, I, th I think, I think results should speak for themselves. And, and long ago, 20 years ago, Colleen and I started probably longer than that probably within about 
five years, six years after starting our own practice, we started doing, and we talked about this, started doing uh, seminars. And we started doing our own seminars. And, and uh, you know, we would, we would send out uh, uh, newsletters. We made our own newsletter. In fact, we got one of the first color printers there was out there. And it wasn't all at once. You had a, either a black cartridge or you had a red cartridge or you had a green and you had to interchange them. And so if we wanted to send out something like a Christmas newsletter and we wanted to have green and red and yellow and black, like for holly decorations, we would have to put it all in black and we would reload it, put the red in and we would and, and you know, hope that it all lined up. Well, I can remember doing that, but but we were we were marketing to people. We were marketing to the public and doing seminars. And um, even before, even before um, uh, going with uh, Growth X, you know, we've had as many as 70 people before at a seminar. And we would, we would have people come in, we were doing screenings and have them coming in or whatever. So, you know, once we, and once we kind of fell in, it started looking like, hey, we don't, you know, we can now mail build on this with, uh, you know, marketing with uh, different types of media and having a larger people take care of all of this for us. We just got to give the seminar. It was just so natural for us to be able to come in here. It wasn't even a, I was, I was absolutely sold before I even got there. That's great. So uh, just to, for everybody that's listening to this, if you're not part of Breakthrough, uh, GrowthX is the, the uh, marketing platform that we have that helps owners go direct to the consumer. Uh, Bill, you mentioned seminars. Uh, I've heard them called workshops or webinars if they're online, lots of other names. Um, but uh, yeah, two quick things for you. One is I found a reference to a physician. It was a female physician in New York City doing workshops back in uh, the 1860s or 1870s. Wow. So uh, that I, I'm trying to uh, understand more uh, what and why, why she was doing that. I believe it was uh, the AMA or the predecessor to the AMA at the time. They did not allow physicians to market, but she figured out if she would host lectures, I think is what she called them, on a specific mm -hmm. diagnosis, that then she would attract patients and she went on to a fairly uh, uh, notable career. She attracted patients and was able to achieve that. Obviously not 7 million people living in New York City back in uh, 1860 or 1870. The other one was uh, I stumbled upon some research. Michael, this came from uh, Michael Gerger, who's the a physician, MD, author of How Not to Die. And uh, he actually shared research that is in peer-reviewed physician journals. So this would be like Lancet or JAMA, right. uh, some sort of equivalent, where they track physician referrals based on financial incentive. And you're not going to believe this. But, but financial incentives influence what physicians do with their, their patients. Oh, really? really? <laughs> so, <laughs> let, me, let me pick myself up from the floor here. <laughs> but I, it, when he shared this information, it was around uh, heart stents. Um, and, uh, the, you know, here's the research. This is what uh, physicians and hospitals are still recommending based on this research. And it, it's insane. Why are they doing that? Because of financial incentive. Um, but I, I couldn't believe that. So there might be um, harmful influence within our physician referrals. There, and the, the other thing I heard you say, at least back in two, 1998 to 2002, 
is there might be some uh, bribery or corruption in government, which I can't believe. You know, we, we get, uh, and you know, <laughs> here's, here's, yeah, here's the, here's the hard thing. I mean, uh, and, and this is, this is where it comes back to, to getting the right person. Uh, we're all on the same team. We should be. Yep. We're all on the same team. We're going to, you know, we're going to live and die and breathe and pay taxes on this earth until we die. And, and it's, it should always be about the patient. It should always be about the, the person who needs the care. And uh, unfortunately, it's not that way. And so, you know, uh, this, this, is, this is a, um, a physics lesson for every force that you, that you push forward with, you have people pushing back at you. And I've, I actually, have, I mean, it doesn't feel good, but I've, I've come to realize if I don't have somebody slinging arrows at me or, or throwing rocks at me, I'm not going down the right path. And so I fully expect it because I'm not bad mouthing anybody, but you know, I mean, I've got, you know, when I, when I do my shoulder seminar or my hip seminar, there's some pretty damning facts out there about how MRIs are being used and, and how they are, they are, there's nothing wrong with an MRI. It's an innate test, but it's how they're being used and to, to coerce, you know, and, and, you know, people, when they come in to see their physician, uh, they're not talking to their physician. They're talking to a freaking computer. The computer, the, the physician's doing the computer deal and looking at computer generated questions and asking them. And they're not even, it, it could be their daughter in there they're talking to. They have no idea. And then instead of putting their hands on them, I don't need to tell you this. They just, oh, we're just going to go to an MRI. Oh, MRI says you got this scheduled for surgery. Yeah. Uh, uh, cow dung. I'll, I'll just say it nice. You know, that's ridiculous. And, um, and so I don't, I'm, I am, um, there's a country song. I like country songs. There's a country song that comes out and says, how, how old am I? I'm old enough now to know when and when not to give a damn. That's how old I am. And so I'm old or I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm going to, I don't care if you sling arrows at me. Um, I, I, I just really don't care. I sleep very good at night. I've had people, I've had a surgeon from Charlottesville, Virginia, a teaching hospital, call me up and ask me when I, when I was doing some fascial manipulation stuff of what kind of witch doctory was I, was I doing? And I said, you know what? I, you know, I am so happy that you called me today. I said, because it tells me that I'm absolutely doing the right thing for you to take a surgeon's time to call me up and and talk with me about this. I said, I think it's great. What else would you like to talk about today? He just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope that that patient canceled their surgery. I hope that's what that happened. That's great. And, and and don't you know? I don't want anybody to go out of here saying thinking that I'm I'm totally against medicine. The absolutely opposite. Uh, I love working with anybody that loves working with people that is focused on what their problem is. And I think the vast majority of people uh, have that intention. Uh, but I think uh, as you, as you talked earlier about, you know, it's so easy to fall into this world of having alternative uh, things get a hold of you and things can kind of go awry. And, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't like working with insurance companies and I don't like having to do 
all this other stuff. But if you're going to stay in private practice in medicine or in physical therapy, anything, you better figure out how to do all of that. Because if you don't, then then the siren song is going to take a hold of you and you're going to sell everything. And now you're going to be working for a large corporation and it's all going to go bad quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very solvable. Definitely more challenging. The, the, the level of uh, competency needed to stay in business is definitely increasing dramatically over the last couple of years uh, with all the competition. The, uh, the other thing that I wanted to say, Bill, that I wrote down here is, I always view it as unnecessary. So yes, there are people that need surgery. If I ever have a labral tear or something, you know, absolutely. There are, there are times when surgery is required. Um, there are times when diagnostic imaging is required. There are, there's an appropriate use of injections, same thing with medications. However, all numbers, the second we start looking at data for the country, kind of says there's a lot of unnecessary stuff going on. And I don't think it's physical therapy. We're at the bottom of the totem pole. Not even close. Right. We're at the bottom of the totem pole. I know most physical therapists feel guilty every time they're asking for an extra, you know, three visits from an insurance company, but it's, we're not the problem. The the problem is, like you said, it's throw, um, if you throw asymptomatic people on it, on an MRI machine, a large percentage of them, more than half will have some sort of disc issue in their oh you know, yeah absolutely so it's wh- why are we relying on that as the only well and you know i don't really have a problem with that uh if they would actually put their hands on people and clinically you know clinically correlate it personally i feel you could put your hands on people first and be able to get the same amount of information if they would do that without all of that big cost and then if it was like ah oh, there's something fishy going on here yeah. now let's go get that but but we we are we 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 absolutely give the best bang for the buck yep. without a doubt. And uh, you know, I have people that that aren't real happy with me when I tell people in my seminar that you know what, uh, you know, here's some studies. This is what's going on. I had a guy that just came in. Uh, I did a seminar Wednesday night on rotator cuffs, and he he sent me an email. He says, "Man, I want to thank you so much. I just called my doc." and canceled my MRI. I went, holy crap, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Love it. He, and, and I'm just like, you know, here we go. I'll probably hear from this guy, but he's coming in through direct access and coming in to see us. Nice. And I'm just like, you know what? And I, and I tell everybody, please don't go out of here saying that MRIs are bad. They are not bad. MRIs are great when you need them. We, we should be able to lessen the amount that we need them by using our brains and our hands. That's all I'm saying. Perfect. Sounds spot on to me. Um, th- the one thing that you talked about is recovering from the pandemic. Are you above now pre-pandemic numbers? In your we uh, we grew ten percent last year. That's great. And, uh, you know, I mean, we had we had uh, you know we had loaded up with some PTs. We had some some more um, expenses and stuff. But uh, you know, we're we're already at our highest point ever the last couple of months. That we've ever been and and we're you know we're a little pt i mean we're a little uh heavy with some you know but we've got two p's pts that are coming in you know we're just we're dying as far as having to put people out and whatever and so we're you know i i project well i back up last year we were we were we were uh january of last year we were 
50 or 60% better than the year before. February, the same thing. March, we went down maybe to 40%. And then uh, we just bottomed out like everybody else did. Um, we, we brought it back up in the summer and then the fall kind of, but we ended up growing, you know, 10% this year. Uh, our hopes last year was 50% this year because we, we're still not quite where we'd like to be, but uh, I, I'm going to project we're going to be probably in a 30% range or better this year. That's amazing. That's great. Awesome. Um, direct, you talked about a lot there, direct consumer marketing uh, and direct access, how that's come along. We threw a little, a uh, couple tomatoes at the hospital system and <laughs> maybe the government in there too. Um, we, during the course of, you know, your career looking at decades, are there any other, like, what are the biggest learnings? If I was a fly on the wall, and you're talking with uh, John and Adam uh, or Dave, what are some of the other things that you're really trying to impart on them? If you don't mind. Well, I, mean, I mean, you need to be, uh, again, you need to be consumer oriented. You have to be consumer oriented. You have to let people know that, that you're going to go the mile for them. I mean, that's, that's why we're here. You can, I don't need to tell you, you know, but I, I will say it. Physical therapy is not physical therapy. It's not physical therapy. It's not like going and buying a, uh, a a good sirloin here and going over here and buying a sirloin. It's it's service and and um, so it's not that you're putting other people down. It's not even that you're building other people, building yourselves up. It's that you're that you're showing people that you truly care about them. And if that means like yesterday at at uh, 3.30, well, I would say probably 2.30. I had a, a past patient of ours and I was loaded up yesterday afternoon as well as all of my staff called in at, at 2.30. And, you know, I've, I've just got horrible vertigo. I can't even hardly stand up. I've had it for, you know, a week. I've gone here, I've gone there. Something has got to happen. Can you see me? Absolutely. Uh, why don't you come, you know, why don't you come in right now and I'll work you in? Well, I've got a doctor's appointment, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm off today. And I said, um, you know, I will see you in the morning. I said, but I, I would rather you just come in at the end of the evening. If you can come in the evening, I've had this, I know it's bad, come in. And whereas most hospital settings or even other private practices will go, you know, dude, I get off at five o'clock, you know, it's like, you know, you come in and, you know, even if, even if it's five 30 or whatever, I will treat you tomorrow. I mean, I will treat you today. And and so when people know you'll go the extra mile for them and you're focused on those folks, oh my gosh, that made a world of difference for that lady. I'm sure she was not feeling good after she left, but I'm sure today she's a lot better. And so you have to focus on why you're there. And, 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 and it's, it's for the right reasons. It's, it's because you want people, you don't want people to suffer. You don't want, you don't want people to, to have some unnecessary surgery. Uh, or if they have to have surgery, you want to make sure that you you know, hey, this is the bottom line, and and uh, it, it's just got to be all for the right reasons. And, and if you find yourself, I have never worked a day in my life. I've gone to work every day in my life, but I've never actually worked because I I thoroughly enjoy it. I love being around people. I love helping them, uh, and and now I love helping my guys get that burn of this is, this is why we do this. That's, that's where I get, I mean, I love working with people, but I, I get my burn now when I see Adam going, you know what, come in at five o'clock or, 
whatever. I mean, it, it's a, it has to be more than, than just a job. It needs to be, it needs to be something that you, that you hold dear to your heart. That's great. I hear something bigger than yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Bill, we covered a, a ton of mileage here. Uh, speaking of that, where's the last place you, you flew to, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, I went down to Texas. Um, every year, my insurance requires that I have a, uh, I go to sim, sim training because there's a lot of things you don't want to do in an airplane, like, like you know, lose power at 100 feet off the ground and that kind of thing. And so, you know, we have a multi-engine plane, a twin. And so uh, different things like that are pretty dangerous. And so you, you go to these sim classes where you're in a simulator uh you know for a couple of days and they just work you over hard i mean it is really hard it's a double a dual edged sword just like oh my gosh i mean they just beat you up bad but you come out you know pretty confident and whatever that and things continue to change just like when physical therapy and so we went my wife and i went down our long trip i mean i've flown before a, a little more with you know since that but we went down to uh right a little north of austin texas for two days of sim training and then we made it into a you know a, a getaway for three or four more days and uh, texas at that point in time had just released everything no no mask no nothing whatever and we were like oh man i don't feel good about this but you know we had just you know become fully vaccinated we felt pretty good about it i was only going to be in a, a room with maybe three or a business with three or four other people and all of them had been vaccinated and then, you know, it was warm enough to where we ate at outside venues and whatever. And it was great. So flew down, the, flew down to Austin, probably four hours. It was nice. That's wonderful. And where's your next trip? Um, I'm actually coming up your way on Thursday, Thursday of next week. My wife and I are going to go up to uh, Lancaster to Sight and Sound. Oh, that's, that's about 40 minutes from me. Yeah. Yes, about 40 minutes from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's that's wonderful. Hopefully, I don't hit traffic. I, I'm not too worried about you hitting traffic, though. That's great. And uh, it, only because you mentioned Lancaster, the one time I received the barter of an animal that you had mentioned in the beginning with, uh, you said chicken or ham. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and it was a horse. Oh. Uh, somebody gave me a horse, and I th that always uh that always jumped out. We never did anything with it. The horse stayed on there. <laughs> their farm and it was years later when we actually too got our, fun. Too yeah, fun. Our, our own horse but uh uh bill covered a lot of ground here i greatly appreciate you sharing i know you're uh very busy as well as a family man growing the clinics um you covered a lot of ground in terms of going the extra mile that you just covered the mcraven uh hero code uh recommendation talking about their early days of private practice and how that's changed thank you very much for your time and thank you sure for absolutely Awesome. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.